You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. We just finished up a great conversation with Andy Griffith. He's the founder of Pro-Life Man. I really encourage you, mm. check out the website, prolifeman.org. They're doing fantastic things Absolutely. in encouraging men to be a voice for the unborn. And I, I love the second part of their mission, though, helping men heal from the wounds of abortion, yeah. because men also have wounds. So, prolifeman.org, it'll get you connected to Fort Hope. If you are a man who is grieving an abortion, uh, again, I, it, this cannot be understated that mm-hmm. we have to heal from these wounds, um, right. and men do have them. So, uh, and, and then if you missed any of that, please check out the podcast available later today or early tomorrow at realpresenceradio.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. All right, I want to get right into this because we have a lot of things to cover here, and this is an important topic. I will lead with this. This conversation may not be for the younger audiences, and um, I would just encourage you to discern as a parent if you have kids in the room right now, Maybe uh, send them out of the room or pick up the podcast later, but definitely pick up the podcast if you, if you don't have an opportunity to listen right now, because this is an important conversation we're going to have. We've got Jason Everett on the line with us. He is a, a speaker, an author, a podcaster, and just doing amazing work for our church. And we're going to be talking about gender dysphoria and how to protect our kids, how to protect our families from, I I think the theme of the day, for me anyway, the word is insanity, Mm -hmm. the insanity around us. So Jason, thanks for being on with us. Thanks for having me on. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. I know you got the Chastity Project, you've got a podcast, you're going around doing speaking events. Uh, What else? Yeah, yeah, for the past 25 years, we've been traveling the globe, speaking to about 100,000 kids roughly a year on chastity, God's plan for human sexuality, college students, um, even kind of equipping parents for how to talk to their kids about this important subject. And and just in the last several years, last five years especially, we've been seeing an increasing number of young people, you know, who approach me after the talk and are wrestling with gender dysphoria. And now it just seems like every single school, every single parish, every single place I'm going um, this has become a common theme. So I've dedicated the last pretty much year and a half of, of research to dive into this, working on a book on the subject right now to mm. help young people navigate through what it means to be made male and female in his image. That's awesome. Okay, so two things. One very concerning, well, both are very concerning to me, um, but on different levels. First thing, I was reading an article the other day from a mom who was talking about her daughter, and in her daughter's class, seven of the 28 students now identify as transgender. Okay, that's, that's a quarter of the class. Second thing, you put out a YouTube video, uh, I think it was a couple months ago now, but it's still, if you, if you have a chance to watch it, I really encourage you to go to his, Jason's uh, YouTube page and watch this, where it was talking about the Department of Education for the state of Massachusetts. This is the state of Massachusetts putting together a curriculum of books Starting, I think, at pre-K, right? If, if Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. Pre-K. Age four. Yep. Age four. And continuing throughout the, the first four or eight years of education, maybe even going into high school, uh, 
introducing the idea of transgenderism. So <laughs> I don't know where we want to start, but both of them seem pretty crazy to me, Jason. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I looked on the Department of Education for the state of Massachusetts. Okay, how many kids is this going to impact? I mean, these are mandatory read-alouds. And it was like 480,000 kids, oh. basically under the age of 10, were getting indoctrinated with these books saying, you know, sometimes when a baby is born, the doctor makes a guess that the boy's, the baby's a boy. But sometimes doctors and parents are wrong. And, and that's called when you're transgender, when you don't feel like you fit in with the other kids. It's like, wait a minute, no, that's called adolescence, all right, when you feel like you don't fit in with the other kids. But it's teaching these kids that if they feel like they don't quite fit in that stereotypical box of male and female, that the doctors and parents just got it wrong. And the books show the parents being so open-minded, like, oh, well, I didn't know that you were really a girl. That's wonderful. We embrace you. So essentially telling the kids if they feel any, any disparity whatsoever between their biological sex and this gender identity that the parents should just go with it and if not then they're just not loving and so what's heartbreaking is like you get on gofundme.com right now you type in the word top surgery which is a double mastectomy for (sighs) girls who don't think they're girls how many girls are asking for donations for their top surgery 41,000 of them right now this is what's going on oh wow well i mean mutilating bodies yeah it's i mean it's obviously clearly factually child abuse um but I mean, it's just it, it, I, I had a, um, a series of interviews with Dr. Michelle Cortella, the uh, executive director of the American College of Pediatricians, talking about just normal childhood development in terms of how children come to understand that that boys grow into men and girls grow into women, and that I think it was she said it was something like age seven where they finally like just on a normal developmental trajectory that it's age seven where they uh, they understand that changing your clothes doesn't change your gender and that sort of thing. I mean, it's just this is just normal, uh, the not evolution, but the normal development of, of child um, understanding. And, and, and we're giving a credibility and a credence to this that is just in, yeah. incredibly destructive. Yeah, and if you refer back to the, you know, what you mentioned about that class where, you know, seven of the 28 girls are identifying as trans, um, there's a doctor named Dr. Lisa Lippman who came out with a term called rapid onset gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. popularized in a book by Abigail Schreier called Irreversible Damage, which I really recommend all the parents read. And it's talking about this trend of you have girls who tend to be on the more socially awkward side, sometimes high-functioning autism, anxiety, depression, and being often in a public school with progressive parents. And in a clique of friends where one comes out is trans. And before you know it, it's two, three, four. And all these girls are spending, spending excessive amounts of time on Tumblr, Reddit, YouTube, Instagram, on these trans influencers. And before you know it, you know, you've got a half dozen girls who want to wear binders and have top surgery. And they're asking their parents for puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones to begin transitioning, changing their pronouns. Um, and, and they really do an excellent job in the research of showing the social contagion element of this. And as parents, we, we shouldn't be like, okay, well, it's just a phase, get over it. Um, we need to accompany these kids, um, listen to them, be patient with them through this, but at the same time, hold a firm grasp to their hand with charity and love and compassion, but at the same time, having a firm grasp on reality at the same time and trying our best not to let go of either. You know, I, I see a failing of parents to be parents in this whole movement that they're just completely abandoning their role (laughs) 
of raising their children, not just in the faith, but raising their children to be good functioning members of society, right? They're just fueling the confusion to the point where we get where, like we've been mentioning, like seven out of 28 kids are transgender. Are you kidding me? Are identifying as transgender? Okay, so here's the thing then. What message would you have for parents? I mean, there's a reason we're talking about this because, you know, if we aren't seeing it in our local areas here in the upper Midwest, because often we're we're relatively insulated up here from a lot of the big things that are happening on the coasts, but there are things that are sneaking in. You know, what message do you have for parents listening today, Jason? Well, one is to realize that the kids aren't the only ones getting indoctrinated. Parents are, too with this idea of, like, well, if you don't transition your kid, then that's child abuse, and Mm -hmm. your kid is just going to commit suicide. So what would you rather have, a dead daughter or a living son? And a lot of these parents are, like, guilted at, oh, my goodness, well, if I don't go along with this, my kid's going to kill himself, so the most loving thing is to assist in this transition. But what the studies show is after a a person goes through the puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and gender reassignment surgery— Within 10 years of the operation, they have a suicide rate about 19 times higher than the general population. This is not a good standard of care for these individuals. And so are young people who have gender dysphoria more likely to attempt suicide? They are. But these young people are also more likely to have anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, have a history of sexual abuse, a whole host of other comorbidities going on in their life that need treatment that won't be healed by cross-sex hormones. And so a lot of times the body becomes the target of these deeper issues, that if I can just change this, I'll have a new person to deal with. And then they go through all these, you know, mutilations and augmentations, and the problems remain. And so the answer is not to just go with it. If you were just to Google the word detransitioner, these are people who have gone through it all and regretted it. They're by the tens of thousands on YouTube and Reddit crying out from the rooftops, don't go through with this. And so... As parents, read up on this stuff. Our website, chastity.com, if you go to chastity.com slash gender, that's where we kind of just pack in all the information and links and resources and books for parents, uh, legal organizations that you can reach out to if if you need legal assistance and what's going on. Uh, Because sometimes we'll try to get custody away from the parents if the parents are not going along with this stuff. So chastity.com slash gender is where we've got a lot of content for the parents on this and, and little resource networks between parents of, hey, I'm going through this or you are too. What's working on your end? Um, but to help your kid listen to that dysphoria, where's this coming from? Be a patient listener, not to interrogate them and scold them, but to really help them walk through these deeper questions. Or maybe there's a reason you don't want to be a girl. Um, hey, I can't blame you because nowadays if you're a girl, you're expected to be innocent and sexy and assertive and submissive, like all these polar opposites that you just don't feel like you fit into. And you just want to get out of all that pressure mm-hmm. and helping them walk through those challenges that are so common, especially among adolescent girls. Jason, I'm, I'm wondering, like on a, on a broad level, so we live in a culture that that is laser focused on our emotions right i mean in, in certain respects i mean some and many yeah. times we're not we're not aware of our emotions in a healthy way but we're we're focused on um i feel uncomfortable here or i feel you know off here and so i mean that, that seems like that's kind of a um i don't know what you'd say a framework that provides an opportunity for kids to to be deceived in messages here so i guess my question we're gonna have to take a quick break but on the other side of this break i would i would as a dad I would love to hear 
like what how do i train my kids in virtues that will insulate them from a lot of the lies that that kids are falling for um yeah so let's Let's step away for just yeah. a couple of minutes and let's go into that a little bit on the other side of the break of like, how, what can we do as parents to prepare them and equip them instead of just this particular issue? Like, how do we form them to be uh, men and women that are capable of, of identifying things and, and responding rightly? Yeah, absolutely. And we'll also talk about the importance of parents walking together in this journey and how we can do that. So stay with us. Much more to come as Real Presence Live continues. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. We are back on Real Presence Live, and we don't want to waste any time getting right back into our conversation with Jason Everett, founder of the Chastity Project. You can learn more about our discussion as we continue talking about gender dysphoria and how to protect our kids by visiting chastity.com slash gender chastity.com slash gender yeah so jason before we went to the break we were talking a little bit about like okay so there are resources that we have as parents like if you're if you're beginning to confront this with your kids like how do we have those conversations how do we accompany them how do we listen to them while at the same time maintaining a firm grip on reality and helping to infuse that conversation with truth and reality um obviously as, as parents the ideal would be that we don't ever have to deal with this right so like the question is, how do we as parents form our kids 
to just be insulated against a lot of these lies that are just coming at them fast and furious uh, and, and having this rapid, you know, this rapid rise of the transgender movement. Uh, what, what are some recommendations that you might have in terms of forming them in virtue or just general, uh, general parenting counsel that you would give? Yeah, well, one, we've got to keep tabs on the Internet and how much time they're spending and what they're spending their time on. And so using apps like Covenant Eyes is extremely helpful in, in terms of, okay, what's going on? What are they watching? What are they reading? You've got to be computer, you know, Internet savvy. And it, I know it's hard to keep up. Is, I mean, some parents don't know how to open an email attachment or kids like hacking into the Pentagon's website for fun <laughs> after school. But, like, you've got to catch up. And so Covenant Eyes is super helpful. Also, in terms of just the, the maturation of their emotions, helping them to understand, look, feelings are not facts, okay? How do we help them to understand that? Well, you know, part of it is mood regulation. It's like when your kid's cranky, we don't always need, like, a spiritual answer. Well, you need to examine your conscience. You need to, you know, read the Beatitudes, and you need to go to confession. Like, you just need a nap, okay? You, you need to go to bed at a reasonable hour. You need to take a bath. You need to exercise. You need to eat three meals a day. Swear, you know, because a lot of times once the human, you know, needs are met, the emotional ones tend to, you know, fall in the suit a little bit more smoothly. So making sure they're taking care of those bodily needs. I think one of the reasons we get these anaphylactic reactions when you question anything, these woke ideologies. Um, Mary Ebersat wrote a book called Primal Scream. And in it, she mentioned, like, why do we get these, these massive, sometimes even violent reactions when any of these common sense things are even questioned? Um, she says, well, a lot of these things tie into things that are so deep to the human person of identity, mm-hmm. community, and mission. And so if you've got a kid who kind of feels like an outlier, and all of a sudden they find a home in this online community that you struggle with that, I do too. Well, this is what we are. You know, we're you know, transmasculine or demiboy or pansexual or this or that. Oh, I, I found my identity now, and I found a community, and now we're a marginalized victim, and, and so now we have a mission to fight for. Mm-hmm. And so these three core human needs of identity, community, and mission are being met in the same spot. And then when you try to pull that away... It's like you're pulling at the very fabric of their existence. Mm-hmm. And so the church needs to make sure that we're in a place where we're offering them what their identity is, that their identity is not their affliction, that their identity is not their struggle. They're a child of God and their, their love, that they're given this community, this faith community, where there's space in the church for people wrestling with gender dysphoria. It's not a matter of like, well, it's XX or XY. It's male, female, that's it. Put on a dress and just get over this phase. Mm-hmm. We need to have a more compassionate understanding of this, to walk with these individuals as they wrestle with it, because this might take a little while. It's not going to be a sprint. It might be a, a marathon, but they need to know that this is their home, and they were with them, and that they didn't necessarily choose to struggle with this. Because if you think about it, gender stereotypes try to get a person to conform their personality to match up with their body. The gender theory tries to get a person to match up their body to their personality. And both are the wrong approach. I think we need a broader understanding of what it even means to be human, that femininity is not some narrow little box you have to fit into or else you're the wrong gender. And I point out to the girls, like, I had a lunch with a nun not long ago. She's a nun, she's a doctor, she's a surgeon, and she's a colonel in the United States Army. Wow. And I'm like, oh, did you not feel like being an astronaut in your free time? vocations <laughs> for the rest of us. Um, you know, but it helps to understand that you don't have to fit into a narrow little box. And if you don't want to be this pornified woman that culture expects females to be, well, guess what? That, that's a healthy reaction, to not want to be what the world wants you to be. But the problem is not your body. 
the problem is these misunderstandings about what it means to be a woman today. And so that's a whole load of stuff to mm. throw at the parents in terms of the virtues and where this is coming from, but hopefully that helps. Yeah, no, it's really good. You know, one of the biggest lies that Satan tries to use is that you're alone, right? So yeah. whether whether you're struggling with the gender question or you're a parent trying to fight this battle, isolation can be one of the greatest detriments to this fight. So I wonder if you can offer a message here just in the last couple minutes to parents for walking together, working together, share experiences, make sure that you're not alone in this, and recognize that you truly are not alone in this. No, I mean, so many parents are going through this worldwide. This isn't just an American thing. I mean, over in England, there's a gender clinic called Tavistock. You know, in early 2000s, there were maybe like 70 girls a year going there. Within a decade, it had risen to 5,000 of them. And and, and so you've got a lot of parents just, what am I going to do here? And you know what? You don't have to have all the answers, and your kids don't even want you to have all the answers. The kids want to know that they're loved, that you're not going to leave them, that you're going to walk through them with this, and try to buy yourself some time. If they're in a bad community in school, you need to be open to changing schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of parents even moving to a different state, because sometimes if they get in a different social area, they realize, okay, look, now I have a whole set of girlfriends that are like me. They're not into the typical girl stuff, but they're at home in a female body, and in my old school, all these girls who didn't like the girl stuff figured they were in the wrong body. And so sometimes a social change is needed. Um, don't take them to a gender clinic because all the people in these gender clinics will, will basically try to pit the kid against the parent if the parent is not on board of gender theory. Uh, instead, you could go to a place like catholictherapist.com and try to look around there and see if there's any good counselors in your area. Or go to chastity.com slash gender, where we've got a whole network of, of counselors, videos, books, peer-reviewed research, uh, showing you the data is in your favor. On I mean, 80 to 95% of the time, a kid will naturally come to identify with their biological sex by the end of adolescence, mm-hmm. as long as gender theory stuff does not get pushed down their throat, the puberty blockers and all that stuff. Yeah. Typically, kids will go through this. Not 89% of the time, they're going to identify with their biological sex, as long as puberty can take its natural course and it's not blocked. So many good things. Jason, thanks so much for being on with us today and for sharing this message with our parents and the listening audience. No, it's my pleasure. Let's just keep all these families in all of our prayers because uh, they didn't choose this, their kids didn't choose this, but God is with them in the thick of it all. Amen, we'll, 100%. We'll be praying for you too, man, for right. entering into the, the fray here. Uh, it's not a, it's not a safe it. place to be in one sense, right? But, but uh, Yeah, well, we're, we're not supposed to be in safe places. For sure. Right. <laughs> Never Amen. Exactly, Amen. exactly. Thanks again, Jason. Again, you right. can visit chastity.com slash gender, chastity.com slash gender. One of the books uh, that he recommended in this interview, Irreversible Damage, by Abigail Schreier, reports on the rise of young women experiencing rapid onset gender dysphoria. That's one of the things he mentioned. Another fantastic guy, Ryan T. Anderson, uh, another mm-hmm. book that yeah. to check out that's on here, When Harry Became Sally. Yep. Um, what's great about this is it approaches the subject from a non-religious viewpoint. Mm-hmm. It was so easy to write off religion mm-hmm. in the culture today, right? So scientifically, how are we approaching this? This is what Ryan T. Anderson does, and he does a fantastic job in all of these things. So yeah. really encourage you, please check out these resources because they are here for you. Amen. All right, we are at the end of the show, so we're going to turn it over for a preview of what's coming up on the next Real Presence Live. 
On the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, our host will be Dr. Kathleen Kovrick from Terra Santa Retreat Center in Rapid City, South Dakota. She'll have on Lisa Fay to talk about how God used the power of testimony to fan the flames of her faith in her life and for others as she followed the Lord's deeper calling. Also, Jennifer Chama to talk about her everyday testimony and the involvement in faith-sharing groups helps to spread the kingdom of God. All that and much more on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Thank you very much. Yes. All right. Uh, I like to do this at the end of the shows that I host. Biggest takeaways. Wow. Um, I mean, I just, I'm still so fresh on that last conversation. And yeah. you know, one of the things that for me as a dad, um, I have to say I've, I've recognized about myself is that um, it's, I, I too readily move into like responding to my children so far as they impact me. And I'm really, I'm praying a lot and I'm working a lot about meeting them in who they are so that they do have that sense of identity, community, mission, so that they have a sense like, I can talk to dad, I can trust dad, uh, so that if they encounter these sorts of things, we can have a conversation about it instead of being swept away. And I guess that, that would be my, my encouragement for others. And I will say that it's a regular part of my prayer, and I'm constantly praying for God's mercy on my family because of my failings as a dad, as a husband. And, um, and I'm seeing him move. I'm seeing him work. So that, I'm encouraged by that. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway is activating God in my life mm-hmm. um, and, and just the general message of activating God in our lives. We have talked a lot about ways and encouragement for people to get involved in defending their faith and defending the pro-life movement mm-hmm. in defending our very families, yeah. <laughs> those who are under our own roofs. But you can't give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And so we really have to have that deep encounter with Christ, you know, and whether it's the Dream Bigger book, that 21-day journey to unlock and activate God in your life that yeah. Dan uh, DeMatte talked about right at the beginning, or it's this year in the Eucharist book that we're talking about mm-hmm. with a reflection for every day. Mm-hmm. I really want to encourage you, get involved in your prayer life. Yeah, Make an effort to if you haven't in a little while, re-encounter Christ. And if you've never done it, have that deep encounter with Christ because it will set you up for everything that you need to do. So that's all for Real Presence Live. Keep it right here for much more great programming on Real Presence Radio. And tune again tomorrow because Real Presence Live comes at you from 9 to 11 Central right here on the RPR Network. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.